Greetings and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined Podcast. I am a sunny broken owner of a sunny coaching services, and I am here today with guest Aro. Aro, pronounce your last name for me. Alamar. Alamar. Okay, because I didn't want to get it wrong. Thank you for that. <laughs> And we are discussing Oro's journey into African spirituality. So he's a very, very special guest. And I really want you guys to meet him and come to understand his journey because I get a lot of questions about, you know, newcomers going into the traditions. What does it feel like? What does it look like? What should I know? What should I do? Et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to bring you all a perspective of someone who is in a similar position going through the trials and tribulations you could probably identify with many of the things that he's going through or has gone through um as you have with my own experiences right so Aro, if you could first introduce yourself to us Alrighty, hi thank you for having me on your amazing podcast i'm so excited to be here <laughs> And my name is Oro Angel Alomar, and I am an energy healer and digital entrepreneur. Okay, perfect. So what does that mean? Can you give us a little bit more? What is what is a healer and a, um, a digital entrepreneur do? Yeah. Like what's your specialty? Okay. I would love to. So as with my energy healing profession, I am... I say energy healer because I practice multiple modalities. So I practice Reiki long distance um, and I practice um, Theta healing. And basically they're they're both just energetic ways to connect to the higher self and facilitate healing through a source of all that is, whatever source you connect with, whatever source you feel the most connected to. And with my um, digital entrepreneurship, it's just digital products like, for me, with my spirituality, I like to focus on self-care um, and the growth and development of your spiritual life. Um, so it's, it's basically like planners, journals, um, all that stuff surrounding around spirituality and self-care. Okay, Ashe. Did you say faith healers or something else? Maybe I'm um, Energy healer. Yeah, but you said the two parts. You said Reiki, and then was it who was the other that you oh, mentioned? Oh, Feta. Feta, Feta healing. Okay, yeah, perfect. You want me to explain like a little bit more of it, or yeah, yeah. What does that look like? What does it mean? Okay, <laughs> a lot of people want to know what it means because I, I think I'm kind of vague when I explain it. <laughs> but um, Theta healing is basically it was the it was developed by a woman named Vianna Steinbull. Um, and it's basically connecting to the source. So you yourself would go up into, I guess, your physical or visual representation of what a source would be. So you would connect with God or Buddha or Kuan Yin or the universe. And through the universe or through every who you connect with, you would move energy to heal whatever is blocking another person. Um if that makes any sense at all. I hope that makes sense and I hope that's like clear for people, but um, it's basically connecting to the spirit of all that is to move energy to help facilitate healing. 
Okay. I understand it. Um, you know, it may take some other people a little bit more, depending on where they are, especially in their spiritual journey and how they connect with the higher source. But I absolutely get it. And it's pretty much a part of even what we do in African spirituality. Mm-hmm. It says basically, what, what name are you calling on? Or how do you see that force? that mm-hmm. you so absolutely thank you for that introduction yeah. so want to dig into your journey into african spirituality or atr so if you could first tell us what interested you in this path in the first place why did you want to go into african spirituality mm. so i wanted to go into african spirituality because i have always been deeply deeply disconnected from it um and when i say it i mean just the african aspect of myself i've always been aware that i'm black obviously because you can see it but (laughs) i've never been someone who knew about my ancestors i always knew about only the white side um so i'm like what am i doing like it's time for me to connect with my ancestors you know it's time for me to understand the value of them to to connect with their wisdom um, to listen to them, to commune with them, to connect with them. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So quickly, so you mentioned you only knew about your white side. So can you clarify that as far as your ethnicity or race and you know, like how you were raised based mm-hmm. on that dynamic? Yes. Um, so I'm a quarter white. My grandmother's white and my mother is a mixed race. And my dad's side would be the black side. Um and I guess because he's fully black and my mother's a, a half black, it would make me a quarter. Um, but I present as a black male. So I, I guess that's not really like when you see me, you can't, you see nothing else of black, you know? <laughs> um, but raising up or being raised in a mixed household, I was um, exposed to my grandmother's side, but there wasn't really talk about race. Like I wasn't aware of racism and race. Um, I guess like the, the disparities between the races until I um, became an adult, um, which is just such an interesting, that's, I'll say that's what led me into spirituality is not understanding that I'm a black man in America who has so much against me. And I think um, African spirituality was one thing I, I thought would, would, would bring me back home would connect me back to, um, I guess, a home base, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And so when you say your maternal, your grandmother, you are referring to your maternal grandmother there, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you were raised primarily in an environment around mostly white people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Understood. Gotcha. Okay, so that's that's a very interesting take on it. And I like that you even bring that dynamic to the table because I talk about this a lot um, when people do bring in conversations about whether white people, right, should practice uh-huh. our traditions. And I think that, you know, biracial or mixed individuals kind of get left out of this dynamic to a great extent because mm-hmm. we start in African traditions or spirituality. Mm-hmm we automatically think of somebody who is, you know, black, what we would consider black, right, in society, and somebody who has these deep African connections. We don't really think about those other aspects of it. And there's something I do share with people quite often, and I say, hey, you can't dismiss somebody just because of what they look like, right? They could look pure white, 
but and have had the experience obviously of a white person in american society or otherwise but we don't really know what's in their bloodline and what's mm-hmm. going person to come into ATR so I don't dismiss that at the end of the day spirit is spirit it doesn't belong to a particular group of people it's just the way that we culturally interact with our traditions are different than some other groups so thank you definitely for that explanation Um, so where are you in your journey right now can you tell us a little bit about that yes so right now I'm, I'm consuming every amount of knowledge I possibly can. Um, but I'm also stuck at one point, not stuck, but I'm, I'm staying stagnant in one point purposefully because as I'm reading, as I'm gaining more knowledge, I'm learning that I need to remove as much negativity out of me as possible. Um, I want to steer into the positive as much as I can when it comes to voodoo. Um, not as much as I can, I'm, that's, that's it for me, positive only healing and connecting that is it it's nothing else (laughs) you know so what i've learned is that um to be someone who is positive in um african spirituality practices you have to clear your mind of your negative attachments your negative emotions um your ego your pride um so what i'm doing now is practicing meditation every single day um and I'm even like getting into like candle work meditation because I, I find it really beautiful and hypnotic. Um, and that's a part of like, I guess I would say voodoo. Um, the practice is, it, 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 with spell work, it, it kind of ties into it, but I'm not doing spells yet. I'm just doing this as a meditation practice. Um, but right now, it, that's where I am right now is I'm, I'm learning everything I possibly can, but I am staying stuck at the point where I'm at the very beginning still in meditation, unlearning my negativity, um, unraveling my negative addictions, um, monitoring my thoughts, um, battling my pride and ego and seeing where they come from so that I can get them out of the way and be the most positive practitioner I can when the time comes. So you mentioned voodoo a few times in there. So is Mm -hmm. that a path that you're looking at going into right now? Yes, I'm, I'm looking into voodoo and hoodoo. Um, hoodoo is really recent. As, I was, as I've been studying voodoo, hoodoo just like fell in my lap. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is just as beautiful. Like this journey alone is just so damn gorgeous. And I've never enjoyed a journey of anything until this. Wow. Um, like ever in my life. It's just a journey of like getting, it gave me chills a little bit right now. But... <laughs> learning about your ancestors and the loas and the candle work and the oils and the powders and the spells and all these different connections that are made through these spiritualities are it's just beautiful it feels so good to connect with it you know yes i, I have to say i love um interacting with the orishas also like i haven't gotten into ifa at all um, but I did have an encounter with an Orisha, um, just as like spiritually as I was doing um, a healing on myself. Um, story time a little bit, if I can, if I have time. Yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> um, so in my spiritual work, um, I was I've been like deeply divulged in um, anti-racism um, and connecting with the history of racism. Um, and I was watching a video about um, 
Oshun. Um, and you, what happened with Oshun? Because you cut out. Um, I had a, I guess there was, I had an encounter with her like deep in meditation when, um, in slavery, when, when slaves were coming from the slave ships, um, and they were jumping over to, to be released basically from bondage. Um, and a lot of people were asking, where was she? Why didn't she save us? Why wasn't she there? Um, and I remember like, as I was in this meditation, I remember like transporting to a space where I was like face to face with her and she was holding herself like in a in a way of like comfort and she was crying and saying that she did all that she could and and them jumping to her was what she could do to save them Mm -hmm. so it I remember just bawling because I had never thought that my abilities would get powerful enough to connect with a deity um, I never thought I would ever be able to connect with ancestors. I always thought I'd be stuck as just someone who facilitates healing. But being able to connect with a deity, just it, that was another thing that kind of just blew up my, I guess, awareness to working with um, African spirituality. Okay, wow. Very powerful experience there. And thank you for sharing it with us. With that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll ask you more questions about your journey into African spirituality. Yay! So we are back with R.O. Alamar talking about his journey into African spirituality. So R.O., at this point, what have been the most rewarding or beneficial parts of your journey? Mm. The most rewarding has been just being able to have access to the materials to learn um, and the learning and the connecting with my ancestors. I I do so much in there. Um, (laughs) But I would say the most rewarding part is connecting with my ancestors. Um, It it was insane as I began this journey, my grandmother came down to visit, my black grandmother. Um, And she started telling me stories about my ancestors that were absolutely horrible. But um, it kind of gave me a little bit of insight as to my negative, like the root of my own negativity, where it comes from and kind of like an ancestral tie that goes back almost to like slavery. Um, And I don't wanna like leave anybody without the story if I can tell it, but. (laughs) Um, So the worst story that she told me, and I'll I'll make it super quick, but the worst story that she told me is that her, um, her grandfather in his adolescence was tied to a tree and he had eight siblings. He was tied to a tree and could not eat until he beat all those siblings up. Yes. And um, sometimes, even even though he beat them all, he got so good at it, even though he beat them all, they wouldn't feed him. Um, And my grandmother was telling me how in our entire lineage, everyone is angry. Everyone has this urge to fight every man. She said that when she grew up, Um, In her life, she had to urge to fight every man, and she fought every man in her house, every man in her family, every single one of them. She either fought them or shot them, except me, thank God. Um, (laughs) Yes, for sure. 
right yes and then that that transferred over to me of course because growing up i felt the same way this this need to always fight this all this deep anger that came out of nowhere i i, I had a, a rough childhood growing up but it wasn't rough enough for me to be angry in my adult life if that makes any sense like it would it was just strange the anger did not belong to me and finally realizing that was like a healing breakthrough and it was just well i had to share because it was just profound to understand and learn where that that ancestral anger came from it is profound and you said so much there because people don't realize that we're dealing with a lot of generational patterns that don't belong to us and until we connect with our ancestors and in some cases you may have to go back into a, a tradition in order to completely reconcile that and People, we just don't get it, especially as African-Americans and, you know, other diasporas. So I don't want to leave out the rest of, you know, people in the Caribbean islands and so forth, mm-hmm. um, because we have we've been disconnected for so long, for so long. And we don't know. A lot of us don't know. because, Like you said, you know, this came back to you in an experience, but mm-hmm. we just don't know what we don't know in many instances. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people groups, they have those conversations. They can pass down, <clears throat> excuse me, from lineage to lineage to lineage. You know, this is who your great, 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 great grandfather was. And this is what he did. And, you know, they have the narratives, they have the books and the collections and so forth. And we have been cut off. Even if you know generationally from what happened in America, we mm-hmm. were cut off from what happened in Africa. Yes. Right? We are missing a huge piece of our dynamic with that. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. It's it's crazy to see um, how disconnected we are and how, how we were forced to be disconnected. Um, and just see, like, like, my connection back to voodoo and learning about the history of why it was co- disconnected from Haiti, like, messed me up. Um, just to see, like, seeing how much voodoo worked for the people in Haiti, how much it helped them, and seeing how afraid... Um, Christian colonizers were of it to demonize it to such an extent to where if you practiced it, they were killing you. Woo. So <laughs> it was just, you're right. Like we we do, I think to practice it is um, to unlearn all that pain, is mm-hmm. to connect back with those ancestors and to break those, those, those lineage curses. Um, and that's a reason why I like it so much. Exactly. And even what you just said, like this should speak volumes to people who are so afraid of our traditions today. Like, you know, my argument is always like, do you really expect somebody who came and enslaved you is going to give you a God to come and save you? Like, (laughs) really? (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't make sense. So, you know, that fear that the colonizers had in us going back to our traditions were was real and so that's why they you know psyched us out of the reality that our systems were potent are potent in a good way because some people fear it because they think that you're trying to harm them and that could be further from the truth with somebody who is practicing true traditional authentic spirituality yeah now you know there are some subsets and people who, who want to use the traditions for the wrong things. 
but that's not how they were established and mm-hmm. that's the mistake that people make and they, they call it wicked they call it evil and i'm like mm-hmm. how could it be so evil if it's something that our ancestors had lived off for thousands of years generating mm-hmm. before we came to this platform before mm-hmm. slavery colonization existed we have built up expansive societies on the African continent. So, you know, it, it wasn't what we see today because we only have that image that they show us, right? We don't even have mm-hmm. the full image of Africa because there are some nice, well-developed parts of Africa. Yes, there's still poverty and, and you know, dilapidation and all kinds of things that are on the continent. But most of that was created through the processes of, um, you know, condemnation and it being left behind in that way. And, and then this systemic process of them, you know, dehumanizing mm-hmm. and marginalizing <laughs> the African people group so that they keep them in this state of poverty. But if you go back to our civilizations before the European even set foot in Africa, we were the most advanced people groups around mm-hmm. the world. People came to Africa to learn from us. Yeah. So that means that our ancestors were doing something right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. the continent, they were practicing traditional spirituality during mm-hmm. the time. No such thing as Christianity. Islam mm-hmm. didn't exist. Exactly. So, yeah. And I think it's, an, it's another thing. Like, I think it's a, a Buddha was a good marker of how peaceful we were because we didn't. We didn't come after people. When we came to the Americas the first time, we were the first here, we met the Native Americans with gold and peace. And then we left about our business and went back home. So we were always a xenophilic race of people. Always, always, always kind and always met with with favor and love. They came about that. (laughs) So I think Buddha was a really good marker of how like when you really when you're really practicing and learning about the good aspects of voodoo you really see it's about love and peace and justice and and connecting with your elders and learning from your elders exactly it's about connecting with nature and all natural elements inclusive of humans and animals trees the rocks the plants etc and bringing forth balance and, and harmony in those dynamics and you know like people's mind unfortunately goes into a whole different space when it comes to our traditions and you know it unfortunately we have to deal with the carnage of what has been put upon us you know by the colonizers that's the reality mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that being said what are some challenges that you face going down this path so far my challenges have been relatively superficial um I'm a little bit overzealous with the practicing and I want to do spells. I want to do them so bad. <laughs> I want to practice without the proper guidance. I, I do so bad. I want to make the oils. I want to make the powders. I want to go collect grave dirt. I want to, I want to do all of this. Um, I want to connect with the Loas, but that is dangerous. Um, especially because I am very, very new. Literally just finished my only my sixth book. <laughs> reading um i don't have a um a um why can't i find the word for it? someone tipping my tongue i'm so sorry um i can't find a mentor um but also i haven't thoroughly looked just because in my area it's like i haven't really 
come across anyone who really practitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that's another obstacle I've, I've found is there aren't really a lot in my area. Um, and when I was also, another thing that I'm gonna like segue off of too, um, when I was looking for practitioners, cause I, I was thinking about going to the African side of voodoo, there are none in Sacramento, California. There are none. Um, <laughs> I think there are a few in Los Angeles that practice Haitian um, and New Orleans. There's some in New Orleans also, but I'm scared as hell to go to New Orleans. The shootings there, woo. Um, <laughs> But um, <laughs> it is crazy dangerous in New Orleans right now. Um, but I will say the hardest thing has been being patient um, and finding the right mentor. Um, and I think that's the only thing so far. Okay. Yeah, I, I absolutely understand. And I, those are the challenges I had as well. Being patient and finding someone that I felt connected to and I felt like I could connect with on a higher level. That's a challenge for so many people. This is one reason why I do what I do at this point because of the experiences that I likewise had. And you said something profound just a few minutes ago when you were talking about going into New Orleans. This is one thing I tell people too. Even though we're practicing spirituality, we still live in the real world. So don't take it. Don't just think, well, you know, my spirit's got me and I can just do whatever you want to do. You still have to exercise logic and wisdom, which comes from our spirits. (laughs) So, you know, don't just dive into something thinking that, you know, everybody has your best interest because there's a lot of things that go on within our spiritual systems and outside of our spiritual systems. So if you were to go into, you know, space like New Orleans, you could, it couldn't have nothing to do with you trying to connect with spirituality. Something could happen, right? So, you know, my goal is by no means to fear monger, but to just make people aware that you have to not just focus on spirituality when you are going on this path, you have to understand you're still dealing with human beings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ancestors can protect you. They can protect you well. They can't always protect you from a bullet, baby. No yeah. <laughs> they, they can, they will, but it's like there are certain criteria that go along with that, right? So if you're practicing, like sometimes in the reading, it, it has come up for me. You know, like you are um subject to be you know yeah exposed to, to gunfire you might get shot so don't go out after this time at night and don't be in very crowded spaces for this period of time so i think it's like maybe two weeks i can't remember exactly how long i had to wait but like i wasn't supposed to go into a mall and you know big crowded areas during that particular time and i was supposed to try to be in the house as early as i could so but they give you that type of protection right so if i was to have ignored that or if i hadn't done a consultation at that particular time and knew that uh-huh. then yeah you know i would put myself in a bad space <laughs> i could have put myself in a bad space and this is like that's the beauty of our traditions is that we do seek out information from the spirit realm and we can be so deeply rewarded for doing so but you know the world is kind of stuck in this space don't go into that so that you don't know what's going on and you know, like that's obviously a trick of the whole system of colonization and slavery which still exists today oh, yeah. because you know the less we know the more we will stay in our condition mm-hmm. 
that's the reality of it so yeah thank you thank you for that for sharing that <laughs> for that many many other people are going through the same thing you know that, that same trying to be patient trying to take your time and going down the system when you want to know more when you go, want to know go to that high level and then also just finding the right people to direct and guide you oh another thing i was going to say too when you mentioned the benin and trying to the benin system and trying to find someone there so the challenge with even haitian voodoo right is mm-hmm. going to be a huge language barrier because in benin mm-hmm. they were colonized by the french they're a francophone country versus english speaking like nigeria right mm-hmm. so most of the people on the continent especially the traditionals that practice in in the interior like they've been doing this generationally they mm-hmm. speak french or mm-hmm. dialect they don't really speak english too much so if you were french speaking you probably could find quite a bit of information online about that mm-hmm. um same thing with haitian voodoo like haitians they, they speak Creole, which is yep. an amalgamation of like French, English, and the mm-hmm. Taino dialect. And mm-hmm. so most of their stuff is going to be in Creole or French because, again, they were colonized by the French too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's how I've been um, finding books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at the name. If the name is Creole or Haitian Creole, or if it's French, that's how I know I'm close. Mm-hmm. And I look at the author and make sure they're either Creole or african Mm -hmm. um but i've been learning both languages because i I felt like yeah that that language barrier could come up but also because some of the pronunciations are either in haitian creole or in french so um i've been learning french for like a year and a half in creole i just started for like a a couple of months um but I'm, i'm liking it (laughs) <laughs> that, and that's so amazing that's what i encourage everybody to do is to get that language as they possibly can because some things you cannot translate it just mm-hmm. doesn't so <laughs> right right you got to figure it out so <laughs> that's the way for it um so what tidbits of wisdom have you gleaned that you would like to share with somebody else that's on a similar journey as yourself Mm. I would say first with the books uh, or with the knowledge you are finding or looking for, um, check the author. <laughs> check who they are. Check their race. I know some. I know we're not we're not trying to be racist or negative in any way, but check the author because the people who are connected most deeply with African spirituality are people who are African. Mm-hmm. Um, so check your books and your authors, please. Make sure they are. Of your color, okay. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yes, and um, I was gonna say something else. What else? Okay, I gotta say. Don't be impatient when practicing, um, and don't be afraid because, again, the the spirituality practicing and and learning it is so beautiful and it feels so good. It's almost euphoric just reading about it and reading about how, like, creating an altar buying the different colored candles, um, creating the oils and learning, teaching yourself these spells and and, and seeing your power firsthand once you get to that, that stage. Um, ugh, I think, also another thing I want to say, completely off base, but I, another thing that really shocked me about voodoo is its, connect, its connection to Christianity. Mm-hmm. That 
hit me a little bit because I am like, I hope it doesn't offend anybody. I am very anti-Christian. Like no Christian here. Like keep it away from me. It has done things to both sides of my family in two different denominations of Christianity. So I am massively, wildly anti-Christian. Um, and then when I read the book that said, you need to put a cross on your altar, I was like, huh? What? No. Not today, Jesus. No, 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 no. But <laughs> um, I think it, it has such deep roots um, in the colonization of our people. And they have to, our people had to learn how to survive through Christianity. Um, so I think that is what swayed me to be okay with this understanding how our people had to survive um, by basically hiding under the umbrella of Christianity. So um, understand or also understand that Christianity can be an aspect of voodoo and to be comfortable with, comfortable with it. And I think the way to be comfortable with it is understanding how your people survived through it. Um, so I hope I know that was a mouthful, but I hope that people can like get that and be like, okay, that'll help me, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, it was great advice, one hundred percent. Um, do let me say this though. So the the cross aspect actually predates Christianity. That comes from us, and a lot of people don't know that. So you can go into Ethiopia, Egypt, um, even the um. Some people equate the um to the cross. It basically bears the same symbolic meaning. But if you go into the Congo, for instance, they utilize a cross symbol, which is why hoodoo was so easily adopted by African Americans in the South, and they utilized the cross. They were utilizing the cross based on their cosmology out of the Congo. But of course, you know, to Christians, it was all the same dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we did have to hide and bury that. And, and another thing, too, about Christianity, Christianity actually came from our traditions in ancient Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it has been, you know, repackaged and sold to us as something completely different than what our ancestors were truly dealing with. Um, but, you know, the narrative came from us. A lot of the stories, you know, even the Old Testament takes a deep dive into Egypt and what was going on. So a lot of the, those stories that have been changed, like, wow, very much so changed in their original form. They actually came from that landmass, Egypt, Nubia. I'm, I'm actually going to say Kemet, right? Which mm -hmm. is called Egypt and Nubia, which was all basically the same landmass or area. So, you know, I was similar in a similar position because I was angry. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that I had been lied to and I was like, oh my God, what is this? And you know, it took me a while to get to the space where I could deal with Christianity. Could just be okay. You know, now I can talk to anybody, whatever. But it, it did take me a while to get into that space. And then as I did learn about our traditions, especially like the voodoo is heavily synchronized with Catholicism. And do understand this part too, that's primarily in the more urbanized area. If you get a chance to go to IAT and go into what they call the interior, which would be like a rural country area for us, you will, you will not see any connection to the Bible, to Christianity in voodoo in those parts because those are like the people that were not touched as much or at all in some cases by mm -hmm. Christianity because what we do have to understand about colonization especially mm -hmm. because 
we kind of think about it in the same way we do slavery because slavery impacted the whole of the u.s right mm-hmm. even the country regions because my my lineage my grandma they were like really really country people but mm-hmm. my was a bible believing christian mm-hmm. in the church every sunday you know all this type of stuff <laughs> but when you it's to like africa and you go into the interiors of those parts those people have been living the way they've been living for generation after generation. They are not all connected. A lot of them that are practicing their traditional systems in the interior of the country, mm-hmm. they have no connection whatsoever to Christianity. They've never okay. seen the Bible. Right. So, wow. yeah, that's the reality. And, and it's different than what we think about. So, mm-hmm that dynamic exists but of course then you run into that same issue because somebody in the deep wood interior part of their country they're speaking mm-hmm. a local dialect Nine mm-hmm. times in, you're not going to get a word of english French, <laughs> or spanish or any other colonized language from them <laughs> they speak their local dialect right mm-hmm. so that's a you know that's another challenge that, that we yeah. face with so I tradition. So yeah. Um, but thank you for that. We're gonna take another quick break and then we will be back and close out the message. Okay. Check out the Ganin store for the latest voodoo-inspired fashions, accessories, and home decor. This platform offers unique and stylish ways to pay homage to and represent the ancestral legacies of African people worldwide. They provide premium products designed for connecting with African traditions in new and inspiring ways. So shop now at theganinstore.com. That's G-I-N-E-N-S-T-O-R-E.com. So we are back with Aro talking about his journey into African spirituality. So Aro, what are the next steps for you? What do you see yourself in this journey in the near future, let's say maybe a year or so out, and then also in the far future, so 10 years or so? What does that look like for you? In a year from now, I hope to have, well, no, not hope. I will have a mentor. <laughs> I'll have a mentor um, and I'll be practicing by a year from now. Um, or at least beginning to practice. I don't want to get too, I don't want to do too much now. Um, but I think I'll be, I will be beginning to pra- practice with my mentor. Um, I've already been ordering my, my altar kit online, <laughs> my candles and things. Um, and 10 years from now, um, I want to be as deeply dived into African spirituality as I possibly can, specifically voodoo and hoodoo. Um, and if anything else is guided to me to, to I guess, divulge into, I'm doing it a thousand percent. But I want to be deeply into, by 10 years, deeply into um, um, African spirituality, as deep as I possibly can go, like down to... Um, speaking directly with Loa's um, possession, um, healing others through voodoo, if I can, or when I can, um, unraveling other people's, or not boundaries, unraveling other people's um, blocks and ancestral trauma through this. Um, So I want to incorporate it into my own healing modalities as um, a practitioner. Um, 
and yeah, that's it. And, and connecting as deeply also as possible with my ancestors. By the year 10, I want to be able to oh, close my eyes and be like, hey, sir, what's up? Ancestors, like, what y'all doing? What you want? What did you want on the offer plate today? Y'all want some chocolate? Okay, okay. you want some cookies, some, some dragon fruit? I got you. Okay, let, let's do this. Let's get this popping. Okay, ancestors? Okay, you know? <laughs> love it. Yes. What you said, practicing, what does that look like? Mm. So for me, practicing would be the rituals. Um, I haven't really divulged deeply into the rituals yet, but um, I was doing a healing recently. I'm not going off track again. I'm so chaotic. Sorry. But <laughs> I recently did a five-hour healing, no, four-hour healing with um, a hypnotist. Um, and with this hypnotist, I got this clear image to worship the moon. Um, and that was dancing, beating drums in all white. Um, and I don't know how that really connects at yet to African spirituality because I haven't seen a connection. But something told me it has to do with African spirituality. And that is something that I need to be doing every single full moon. Um, and it, it was weird that it came up because I hadn't really thought about... Uh, my African spirituality as deeply in that moment. I had just been doing research and meditating and all that stuff, but that was it was very clear that this is what I need to be doing every single full moon, that I need to be praying to the full moon, basically. I need to be living in reverence of the full moon. Um, so I didn't do it that night because I didn't have the white but <laughs> or the drum. But um, yeah, I think I kind of got off track. I'm so sorry. What was the question? <laughs> No, you did, and you're you're talking about you know what does practicing mean to you? So yeah, that's you going into it. Okay, yeah. So basically, it's just me getting into the rituals, um, doing spiritual baths, um, communing with my ancestors, um, burning candles again, meditating, um, connecting with the the lowest that I can connect with at a basic level. Um, meaning my ancestors and uh, I believe right now I, I can only connect with my ancestors and I believe it's either Samedi or um, or Legba. I'm not sure. I don't want to be wrong and like scare anybody, but um, I, in the way that I've been reading so far, you don't connect with them in a way to where you're like summoning them you're like paying offering to them and seeking their guidance because they're not negative spirits they're nurturing kind um and wise um so basically it's just me wanting to get their wisdom and seeing if they'll even be open to me accessing their wisdom oh absolutely <clears throat> the two you just mentioned are actually gatekeepers so they mm -hmm stand at the crossroads. So Legba stands at the crossroad to communication through all the other Luai or mm -hmm. I'm going to stick to the Haitian terminology here. <laughs> <laughs> the um, mm -hmm. So Legba stands at the crossroad and that's who you start with in any mm -hmm. Haitian ritual. Yep. Whereas I think you were referring to Baron Samdi. Mm -hmm. He is gatekeeper of like the dead, the ancestral ring. Yep. So you will petition him like if you're going into a cemetery or something, you you won't mm -hmm. stop. You give mm -hmm. um, drop some rum for, for Baron Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Let him know you're coming through. You know, give that mm -hmm. respect and honor. And yeah, you know, there are basic things that we all can do to connect with the Lua without being at that higher level. But when you do want to go deeper, you, you got to give more. So yeah, that that's yeah. a whole different deal there. 
Yeah, you gotta get knowledgeable. Absolutely. You you are there. You're going in the right path. Yay. Um, what you said about like the moon. So in a lot of people again, because our traditions are just so scattered. Have you saw the moon is a very potent natural force that we absolutely mm-hmm. honor in our tradition, right? Yeah. We we value the cycles of the moon. And it's funny because you mentioned um Oshun early, which tells me you you probably are this probably is your head or Risha or something, either Oshun or Yemoya. Because both of those energy and you said that to both of them are connected to the moon. Mm-hmm. Now, so the the moon would rule over um water, sources of water. Yemoya is like the mother of all ocean of all water because she's oversees the oceans, but she's the conduit to all other bodies of water because you know they come from her so uh, like you know Oshun would also be connected or tied to the moon energy because she is a water deity so you you may be very connected to both of them especially since you you know you're having these experiences encounters with them even if they're not your head orisha they may be connected to your ori strongly in some mm-hmm. way shape form so you look into that for sure yeah. and the moon i mean yeah we give reverence and honor to the moon we understand that her cycles are so very important in our day-to-day life for sure mm. that makes a lot of sense because when i whenever the moon is full um i always go outside and it kind of like captivates me a little bit like i stand and stare at it for a while mm-hmm. it's like it's weird because it's not something i can control i'll just like look up and i'll be like wow Yes. Like, well, <laughs> yes. So, and water, so, like, I've always been someone who's been deeply deep. Like, every summer, I I spend the entire summer in water. Always, I have to. Or I, the summer is not a good summer if I'm not in water the whole time. That is probably the Orishas, the Luwa, and so in the Voodoo, um, Ezeli Freedom would be the primary water deity. Of course, there are so many water deities. We kind of do get stuck because those are the ones that we know about in the diaspora, but there are so many other water deities in all of the traditions. But um, you may, if you go and figure out your Luwa Tet may come up as Ezeli Freedom, which is basically synchronized with the energy of Oshun because they both oversee fresh waters, um, sweet waters. So yeah, maybe. It's funny because my journey even into African spirituality started with moon ritual. It, I wasn't even into African spirituality at that particular time. It's just that I just, like you said, I just had this connection to the moon for some reason. Yeah, it was weird. It was for me. And it, it just attracted me to where I just like, I, I, I want to do a ritual to a moon. And so I started doing research, like, what could I do? And that's where I started my ritual work. Not even to my ancestors. I started my ritual work to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, that gave me chills again. Because like, it, when I was in this this meditation with this healer, that it was like the one of the most clear things I've ever seen. It was me in this all white, like flowy thing dancing around my backyard with drums and the moon like it was like the moon was shining directly on me and I was like glowing with the light of the moon it was weird it was so it's, it's not weird it was gorgeous okay it was beautiful it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life and it it spoke to me because I've always had this strange obsession with the moon I have pictures saved of it in my phone 
on my computer. Just people draw pictures of the moon and like give it to me. So a woman the other day gave me a brass like cutout of a crescent moon. So it's it just it 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 spoke to me because it feels so correct, you know. Sorry to rant. This, no, it's, it's so beautiful what you're saying because this is something I, I preach about. It's like, follow your intuition. That's the beautiful part of our traditions too, is that they look at us as individuals, right? Of course, it's part of the collective, but understanding that we all have a different essence of the divine or creative force living within us. We're not all supposed to be the exact same. So we don't just get this set of rules, don't kill, steal, do so forth and so on. Right? There are general things that we should all follow for sure. But what's going on with you and your experience may be very different than what's going on in my experience. And we acknowledge that those differences and say okay you know you're saying you're connected to the moon let's get you in this position to where you can connect on a deeper level with the moon right and there's this is something that's intuitively inside of you which tells me that you are probably very much so strongly connected to the orishas the lua that connect to the moon energy it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing even the all white too you mentioned so you know all white is so common in our mm-hmm. traditions right because um in the voodoo when they do ritual work it'll be either red or white it, it, unless they're honoring a specific lua but mm-hmm. you'll oftentimes see the images of the older women dressed in either all white or all red and sometimes they'll come together representing the um cool lua and the hot tempered lua so the white would be the cool lua and you're talking about the water energy which are cool lua so it makes sense it absolutely makes sense and the drum and all of that that's all part of our tradition right Mm -hmm. (laughs) not this like one monolithic thing that's the beauty of it too I work with people getting E5 divination all the time and like it could be the same spirit that that person is connecting to, but the ritual work and what that person has to do can look very different from individual to individual. That mm-hmm. it just depends on their life, their destiny, and what's going to work best for them. So, yeah, don't dismiss those notions. Follow your intuition. So important. Absolutely. <laughs> that makes it feel so much better. <laughs> so is there anything else that you would like to share with us about your journey not the moment um i think the only thing i can share or i can say um is for y'all to get into it especially the ethnically diverse get can i cuss absolutely (laughs) (laughs) get your ass into african spirituality and that is on period um just do it like the feeling alone um uh, it's just undescribable like I've never felt more like at home and at peace than just learning about it so if I'm if I'm just learning about it now what happens when I'm actually practicing like, will I ascend? Will I become a part of the moon? Like, what's going to happen? But <laughs> yeah, you do some levitation. Like, my friend who practices Haitian voodoo, he, he's levitated unintentionally. He wasn't trying to. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be beautiful. 
Yes. That would be the most transcendent experience ever. Like that would just complete my life. Like if I if I levitate, I can die right after. Like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know as long as you keep going on that path and if you're willing and you're open, so many things can happen. And I, I love the way you were talking about your journey as far as you wanting <clears throat> to experience the spirituality of it. Because we do get people on the opposite end that are just so focused on the material. Well, I want more money. You know, it's just I want to love a certain love or whatever it is that's just so materially based. And that's not what our traditions are about either. You, you can't just think, well, I'm going to come to African spirituality and I might have all the money that I need. Like, big <laughs> you know, the perfect love and all of those types of things. Those things may show up for some people, but that's not everybody's reality. And the goal is for you to connect deeper with spirit because in the astral realm, we're not dealing with what we deal with here on this earth, right? So it's not necessary that you have money and so forth and so on. It's about building up your spirit. And your spirits will take care of you, whether that looks like you being a millionaire or just having enough to get by you eating every day and have a roof over your head. Your spirits will take care of you if you take care of them. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you for that. I feel so amazing after this. <laughs> you are welcome. So, Aura, where can we find you? Where, where are you doing your work at right now? Oh, everywhere. All over the internet. <laughs> um, I have a TikTok, which is um, oral underscore Alamar. Um, my Instagram also was oral underscore Alamar. Um, I think I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel, but right now my YouTube channel is just um, mainly like sounds for relaxation. And that is um, oral underscore Alamar also. I think um, I'll send you a link to that so everybody yep. will know what it is because I, I don't mm-hmm. remember right now. But we'll put links <laughs> yeah, in the description box. Are... Oh, sorry, what did you say? No, I was saying yeah, we'll put links in the description box so anybody that wants to connect, they can just click on there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so my main socials are um, TikTok and um, Instagram. I'm also on Fanbase too, which is <laughs> the same uh, oral underscore Alamar, but. Yeah, mainly um, Instagram and TikTok. Okay, perfect. So, guys, absolutely reach out to Oro. He has an amazing journey. He's going to go so far. I just so appreciate the journey and the time that you share with us. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close up. I'm going to let you close first, Oro. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to have been a part of your show. You are welcome and thank you for coming. I really appreciate our conversation. So with that, guys, I'm going to close. Ashe, have a very beautiful and blessed day and beyond.